0: بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين سيدنا ونبينا وحبيبنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين ومن تبعهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين رب اشرح لي صدري ويسل لي أمري وحل رقده من لساني يفقه قولي ما بعد. Dear brothers and sisters, my young friends, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. There is no question that with every single day that passes, every single minute, every single second, this second right now which has just passed, with every minute, every hour, every day, every week, every month, every year, and every decade, every century, we are getting closer and closer to the Day of Judgment. Previously, we have discussed what the final day will be like. And the Prophet ﷺ and certainly Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala have given us great vivid descriptions of what that day is going to be like. And we have discussed the signs of its coming. It is getting closer. Yet the Prophet ﷺ has given us specific signs that indicate that it is getting closer and closer, that we are getting closer to that day. And one of the major signs that is mentioned and that we had also mentioned but not gone into detail about, which is very near, is the appearance of a major and a serious trial. A trial that every prophet has warned their people about. A trial that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa has warned us about. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi made dua for protection against this trial. So much so that he taught it to his companions, to the sahaba radiallahu anhum. He taught that dua as a surah would be taught. Not to say that it's part of the Qur'an, but in terms of emphasis that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi put on this dua, it was He taught it as if he was teaching A surah of the Qur'an And this my brothers and sisters Is the trial of al-Masih al-Dajjal Ibn Abbas Radhiallahu anhumah said That the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Used to teach us this supplication Just as he would teach us A surah from the Qur'an He would teach us this du'a This supplication Just as he would teach us A surah from the Qur'an And this du'a اللهم إني أعوذ بك من عذاب that O oh Allah, I seek refuge with You from the torment of the hellfire. وأعوذ بك من al القبر. and I seek refuge with You from the torment of the grave. وأعوذ بك من فتن المسيح Dajjal, and I seek refuge with You from the tribulation and trials of al-masih al-dajjal. Dajjal. وأعوذ بك من فتن wal mamat and I seek refuge with You from the trials of life and death And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam Also said that when one of you finishes The shahada, the tashahud at the end of the prayer When you recite what you have to recite You send salawat upon the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam And you reach the end of your prayer before making salam Let him seek refuge in Allah from the four trials And these are the four trials which are mentioned in that dua as well so not only did the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam teach this du'a as he would teach a surah of the Qur'an with that emphasis but he also advised us he also advised us that we should recite this du'a and make this heartful supplication at the end of our prayers. Now when we talk about the jinn, this is something of course uh, that uh, makes a good story topic children like to uh, hear about it sometimes um, and people like to talk about it but what are we actually referring to? So the word Dajjal comes from the root, dajala which means to mix. And it is used to mean deliberately confusing matters and being vague and ambiguous. So the word Dajjal, that Dajjal comes from, is used in this sense, to deliberately confuse matters and to be vague and ambiguous. So the Dajjal is the one who speaks vaguely is not direct and clear, but rather speaks vaguely, who tells many lies and deceives many people. Now this title is given to the lying, one-eyed, false messiah. And he is also called that because he will conceal his disbelief from the people. He will conceal his disbelief by lying to the people and deceiving them and confusing them. So this is the reason the scholars give for Dajjal to be named as he is. Now Abu Umama al-Bahiri radiAllahu anhu, a companion of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam said, that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam delivered a speech to us, most of which, most of which dealt with the Dajjal and warned us against him. And he said, that no tribulation on earth, imagine this for a second, think about this for a second, that no tribulation on earth, Since the creation of Adam, since the creation of Sayyidina Adam alayhi salam, will be worse than the tribulation of Dajjal. No trial, no fitna, will be worse since the beginning, than this trial, this fitna of Dajjal. He went on and he said, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has never sent a prophet who did not warn his ummah, his people against the Dajjal. I am the last of the Prophets. The Prophet ﷺ said, and you are the last ummah. The Dajjal is emerging among you and it is inevitable. So it is going to happen 100% guaranteed. He goes on, If he appears while, while I am still amongst you, I will contend with him on behalf of every Muslim. But if he appears after I am gone, then every person must contend with him On his own behalf Now in terms of Who he actually is okay. So we learn from the teachings Of the Prophet ﷺ That he is A man From amongst the children of Adam Meaning he is a human being He is not some other creation Of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala He is a human being And many attributes Were described In the ahadith To acquaint people with him and to warn them of his evil so that you're able to recognize this fitna that you are able to recognize this trial when it actually occurs so that we are not misled by him and we are able to protect ourselves against him now these features will distinguish him from other people so that no one will be deceived by him except those who are ignorant. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to keep us safe and to keep us sound. Now amongst the most prominent features, characteristics of al-Masih al-Dajjal is that he is going to be blind or will have a defective right eye. So in his right eye, he will either not be able to see from it or it will be defective and people will be um, able to see that and will be able to notice that. And it is said that this eye will neither be prominent nor sunken, and it will look like a floating grape. So when you see that right eye of his, it will resemble a grape, and it will be defective or deformed, and he will not be able to see through it. The left eye also will be covered with, will be covered somewhat, not completely, but will be covered with a thick piece of flesh growing at the edge of his eye. So the right eye is defective, and he's not able to see from it. And the left side also has something which you're able to notice. And also it is said in, in the description that the Prophet وسلم has given, that what we understand that it will have a green tint. So he won't be like fully green, like he won't look like an alien, but it will have a slight green tint. His complexion, skin color, will be reddish white, meaning very white with... A reddish tinge in his skin. He will have a prominent forehead and a wide neck. He will be a short, because you know, a lot of times we hear, you know, the, the description and we hear the warnings and we think, you know, it's going to be some large, you know, larger than life monster or some creation of that sort. But rather he will be a short, stout individual, built powerful, right? So you see someone who's really worked out and they have, you know, big muscles and they're, they're well built. So he'll have that type of image. And his back will be slightly hunched. Okay, so when he walks and when you see him, inshallah you won't see him, but when people see him, you know, his back is going to be slightly hunched. And his feet will be set apart. So he won't be someone who stands, you know, straight with feet, with feet close together, but rather someone who is built and his feet are spread apart. And he will also have very curly hair. He will have very curly hair. Now what is interesting is that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam has told us something, and actually many of these descriptions, right, even now we might think about them, or some of the things that are prophesied, we might think, you know, how is it possible? Or how is it actually going to happen? And subhanAllah, you know, there were things that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam said at that time, or there were verses of the Qur'an, descriptions, which were given 1400 years ago at the time of the Prophet sallallahu wasallam, which were very difficult for people at that time to visualize, or to understand. Yet, they believed in it 100%. And subhanallah, today, now we are able to see the manifestation. We are able to actually recognize and understand better what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa were saying because of the changes and uh, advancements, if you want to call them, in terms of technology and general uh, progress in terms of how we live in the world. So some of these descriptions and prophecies may be a little bit difficult for us to understand but what we believe is that what allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his messenger sallallahu alaihi wa sallam have told us and especially that which has been authentically narrated and narrated will actually happen in that form how it will come to pass allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best so one of those things is that the prophet sallallahu alaihi wa sallam has said that the letters kaf fa ra which in arabic denote disbelief Right? Kufr, essentially. Right? Or to be known as a kafir. Will be written between his eyes on the forehead. Which will be recognized by both the literate and illiterate believers. Who will be able to spot and read and understand it. Unlike those who disbelieve. So even if there is a believer who is illiterate, who is, 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 has not studied, is not able to read, will be able to recognize this, this writing on his forehead, right? this indication, this sim, these symbols on his forehead, and will recognize him as the Dajjal. He will emerge. The Prophet ﷺ has also told us where he's going to come from. So he will emerge from the direction of the east. This is what we learn. From an area of the world referred to then especially as Khurasan. And modern day we're talking about parts... Of Afghanistan, Turkmenistan, Uzbekistan, Iran okay, So that part of Central Asia Is where Al-Masih Al-Dajjal is going to emerge from And then he was going to travel throughout the earth And the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam has told us That he will leave no city without entering it He will leave no city without entering it Except for Mecca and Medina And again, you might wonder, okay, how is that possible that, you know, you'll be able to go to every single city, every single village, every single inhabitation, right? But again, this is something which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best as to exactly how it will transpire. But he will not be able to enter into Mecca and Medina because the angels are guarding those two holy cities. And when he tries to enter, right, into Medina, he will be stopped by the angels. So he will camp out outside Medina. And three earthquakes will shake the city. So there's going to be a succession of three earthquakes in the city of Medina, due to which the disbelievers and hypocrites, right, who are, who are hiding inside of Medina will come out from that city. They will flee because of that of those earthquakes, and they will they will they will, they will, they will join Dajjal and his group and go with him. Now in a lengthy in a lengthy hadith, the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam has given us the context. The context of his arrival and why his presence and the the things that he will be able to do, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give him the power to do, why there will be such a trial. Right? Because you think about it right now, you say, okay, we've got the description. Okay. He's gonna have kafara on the forehead. Okay, so like every believer will be able to to know that it's him. So like, why would you follow him? right? Like, it's it, it's it's like, you know, it's a no-brainer. Okay, but here's the context. The Prophet ﷺ said, that there will be three hard years before the Dajjal appears. So before he appears, there will be three years of hardships. During them, people will be stricken with a great famine. People will be stricken with a great famine. Now, alhamdulillah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has blessed us. And uh, you know, most of us probably don't like, or don't know what it's like to live through a famine. May Allah protect us all And may He ease the suffering and pain of those Who are living through famines Because they do happen in certain parts of the world But imagine that you go into your kitchen Into your refrigerator and you open it And there's nothing there It's totally empty And you look into your freezer And that's also totally empty And you look in your cupboards And they're also empty And you're hungry So you say, okay, you know what Let's go to the supermarket and buy something And you go there and that's also empty All the shelves are empty Sorry, out of stock, out of stock, out of stock There's nothing there then you say, okay, let me go to a restaurant. And all the restaurants are closed. Let me go to the butcher shop. The butcher shops are closed. Sorry, we're out of meat. You go to the vegetable store. Vegetables are done. No fruits, no vegetables. Nothing is being produced. No milk. Right? No water even. So you imagine the desperation that any of us would feel and people do feel when they live through those situations when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make it easy for them. So people will be stricken with a great famine. In the first year, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will command the sky to withhold a third of its rain. And the earth to withhold a third of its produce. Okay, So the first year, there will be one third reduction in rain and things growing. In the second year, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will command the sky to withhold two thirds of its rain. And the earth to withhold two thirds of its produce. So as you can see, the food supply is getting scarcer. And it's getting less and less. So one-third reduction the first year. Two-thirds reduction the second year. And in the third year, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will command the sky to withhold all of its rain. So now we're talking an entire year of no rain. And it will not rain a single drop of rain. Not a single drop of rain in that year. He will command the earth to withhold all of its produce. And no plant will grow. All hoofed animals will perish. Except that which Allah wills. Okay, so it will be a very, very difficult trial for those who are alive at that time. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. Now the conditions will be, that will make the trial even more difficult is that because Dajjal will have access to tons of bread and meat. So while the, the world is, the people of the world are suffering and there's this great famine, guess who's gonna have the supplies? Guess who is going to be able to offer to help people. It's going to be the jinn. And as he will move about the earth, he will call people to accept him as God. And the conditions will be severe, and people will be in a state of starvation, and they will easily believe that he is Allah. Allah okay. Billah. So this is the severity of that trial. right? You imagine there's nothing, you're starving, and you're hungry, your family is starving, your kids are starving. And then this guy comes around who has everything, right? He's able to save you, He was able to give you what you need, but he puts one condition. Says, you have to believe that I am your Lord. You have to declare that I am Allah, بالله, and then I will save you, and I'll give you what you need to save your life. What would you do in that situation? So the Prophet ﷺ was asked that, what sustains people during that time? What will sustain people during that time if there's nothing available and people are starving? The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam gave an answer regarding spiritual food. Right, there's physical food of course, but that's gonna be out. It won't be available, only the jazz will have it. So what will sustain people? Spiritual food. The Prophet Sallallahu said, Tahleel, Takbeer, and Tahmeed. This is what is going to sustain people at that time. Saying, La ilaha illallah, Allahu Akbar, And Alhamdulillah, even in that situation, saying Alhamdulillah. So, La ilaha illallah, Allahu Akbar, and Alhamdulillah is what is going to sustain them. Prophet said, just as food does, it will sustain them at that time, just as food does. Saying, La ilaha illallah, Allahu Akbar, and Alhamdulillah. Then they asked, O Messenger of Allah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam how long, how long will he stay on earth and he said 40 days one day which will be like a year one day which will be like a month one day which will be like a week and the rest of the days like your days okay now again allah subhanahu wa taala knows best as to exactly how that will manifest itself but nonetheless it will seem like it will appear that one and it will indeed be that one day will be like a year then the second the first day will be like a year then another day like a month, and then another day like a week, and then the rest of the days, the rest of the 37 days will be normal. And then they said, how fast will he travel through the earth? And the Prophet ﷺ said, like the clouds when they're driven by the wind. Like the clouds when they're driven by the wind. Now you imagine at that time, it was very difficult to understand. right? Very difficult to understand how can someone travel at the speed of the clouds, through the air. But today it's not so difficult for us to understand The Prophet ﷺ said He will come to some people and call them And they will believe in him and respond to him Then he will command the sky to rain He will command the sky to rain And the earth to bring forth vegetation And their cattle will come back to them in the evening With their humps very high And their udders full of milk And their flanks stretched Then he will come to another people And will call them but they will reject him. So he will leave them, and they will be stricken with famine. The people who reject him, they will be stricken with famine, with none of their wealth in their hands. He will pass by ruins, places which have been ruined in the past, and will say, bring forth your treasures, and the treasures will follow him like a swarm of bees. Then he will call a man, who is brimming with youth, a young man, and will strike him with a sword and cut him in two. Then he will put the pieces apart from one another, the distance of an archer from his target, so they will be separated, the two halves. And then he will call him and the young man will come forward, smiling with his face shining. So he will be able to do these supernatural feats, not because of his own power, but rather Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give him that power, the ability to do those those things as part of that trial. Abu Abu Sa'id al-Khudri radiallahu anhu, said that this man whom the Dajjal will kill will be one of the best of people who will go out to the Dajjal from the city of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam and will say to the Dajjal right, so you imagine this man's courage right, this young man, he's gonna go out to the Dajjal in his face and he will say that I bear witness I bear witness that you are the Dajjal of whom the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam told us such courage and the Dajjal will say to the people, what do you think? If I kill this man, then bring him to life. Will you have any doubts? See, this guy who's challenging me, if I kill him and bring him back to life, are you gonna have any doubts about me? And they will say no. So he will kill him, and then will bring him back to life. Then he, that believing man, will say, by Allah, I have never been more sure about you than I am today. And the Dajjal will want to kill him, but the Prophet ﷺ said that he will not be able to permit that man. In another hadith, the Prophet ﷺ said of the Dajjal, that part of his fitna will be that he will say to a Bedouin, do you think that if I resurrect your father and mother for you, that you will testify that I am your Lord? If I bring your mom and dad back to life, who have already passed away, if I bring them back to life, will you testify that I am your Lord? And he will say, yes, I will. So two devils or two jinns will appear to him in the image of his father and mother, saying that, oh my son, follow him for He is your Lord. And that is how that person will be misguided. Also, He will have with Him two rivers, one of them filled with lava, and the other one with cool white water. One will represent His paradise, and the other will represent His hell. And the treasures of the earth will come out, as we mentioned, and move around. The earth and the people will follow Him like a swarm of bees. But actually, His lava, His hell, will actually be the opposite. right? Because He's a deceiver. Right, And the water, which will appear to be water, will actually be the opposite. The Prophet ﷺ said that whoever amongst you sees him, whoever amongst you sees him, the Dajjal, let him recite against him the opening verses of Surah Al-Kahf. And the Prophet ﷺ also said that whoever memorizes the ten verses from the beginning of Surah Al-Kahf will be protected from the Dajjal. And in some narrations it's also mentioned the last ten verses. So the first ten or the last ten or both. Now Imam an nawwi said that the reason for this is because at the beginning of the surah, is, there's, a mention, there's a mention made of wonders and signs. And whoever ponders over them will not be deceived by the fitna of the dajjal. And at the end of the surah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, أَفَحَسِبَ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا أَن عِبَادِي مِن دُونِ أَوْلِيَا That do then, those who disbelieve think that they can take my slaves as awliya, as lords. Right or or, or or ultimate helpers Besides me The Prophet ﷺ said Whoever hears of the Dajjal Let him keep far away from him Let him keep far away from him Don't try to be that young man Who is in a go challenge huh? Keep far away from him For a man will come to him And think that he is telling the truth Because of the wonders That are sent with him A person will be strong in their faith Another narration says to this effect That a person will feel that they are confident They will challenge him but they will end up falling for his trials. Now the purpose of all of this, for the Prophet ﷺ sharing this with us, was not to tell a good story. That was not the purpose, that we have a good entertaining story. But unfortunately, there are those who are trying to capitalize on some of these teachings, not all, some of these teachings and warnings, by distorting them. By doing what? Distorting them and using them to entertain people. And entertainment is a big business. So you make money off that. You're gonna sign up, get a subscription so you can watch the series. Uh, Create a buzz. Get free publicity. Because now it has to do with people's religion and everyone's talking about it and there's articles everywhere. Uh, And in the process, you misinform people. Uh, In the process, you confuse people. Now one of my teachers used to say that the world will be prepared and groomed for the arrival of the Dajjal. It won't appear suddenly, right? The conditions will be set for his arrival. Perhaps even over hundreds of years. So that the right conditions are there for him to be successful in his trickery. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. So perhaps such efforts to distort the teachings and spread them through, you know, shows and different means through Netflix is perhaps a part of that. Allah knows best. But as long as we respond to such attempts, as long as we respond to such attempts by clarifying and believing in the truth, we will actually be okay, inshallah. And you know why? Because the Prophet sallallahu said that لا يخرج الدجال حتى يذهل الناس عن ذكره that, that the Dajjal will not appear until the people become negligent in talking about him. Until people stop talking about him. حتى تترك ذكره على المنابر And until the Imams abandon talking about him on the minbars. On the pulpit. So as long as we remind each other and we remember these warnings, insha'Allah, Allah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will not allow him to appear in our lifetimes. But it is our responsibility to understand, to believe, to be warned, and to pass this on to our children. So we understand that this trial is bound to come at some point and that we do not want ourselves, our children, and our future progeny to become one of his victims. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant us refuge from the tribulations of al-Masih al-Dajjal. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to protect us in our future generations from every trial open or hidden. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to solidify His iman in our hearts to shield us from all types of sin and disbelief, and hypocrisy and evils, and to guide us and forgive us all. Ameen, ya rabbal Alameen. Remember the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the most important and the most powerful protection, the most powerful source of nourishment, whether it's a famine or any other situation or any other trial. Hold fast to the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Ameen, ya Rabbul InshaAllah, brothers, please move forward. Try to fill in all the gaps, as many gaps as you see. Try to squeeze together, inshaAllah. Because we're getting very close to the sisters. So please fill the gaps. Jazakumullah khairan. Tonight, inshallah, we'll have a children's circle session. The topic is, why did Allah create you? Why did Allah create you? This is for ages 7 plus, but it's open to all. Inshallah, we'll offer Salatul Isha at 7.30 at Old Town Hall, 821 March Road. And then we will have the session after that. Next Friday, inshallah, we'll be having interactive sirah lecture. Also at Old Town Hall after Salatul Isha. That's next Friday, but tonight. So tonight is the Children's Circle. Next Friday will be the Interactive Sira Lecture. And next Saturday, so not this Saturday, but the following Saturday, February 1st, we'll be having a KMA Youth Career Workshop uh, for for youth, for teens, especially, inshallah. You can find all the details, the registration links and everything else on our Facebook page. Just search Kanada Muslims on Facebook. Or you can also sign up for our weekly email newsletter for all of our announcements. Just go to kanadamuslims.ca. inshallah.